Good evening, and if you're just tuning in, you are listening or watching the Angel Rock live on 105.3 out in New Orleans, Louisiana, and you may be watching on one of our profiles that we stream to. I'll talk about that a bit in a minute. Now, if you've never been to the show, welcome. I'm your host, Laura Lee Potvin. I'm a Canadian clairvoyant medium, crystal Reiki energy healer, Akashic Records practitioner, spiritual teacher, and mentor, and I'm also a registered nurse. I want to remind you, also, you guys will see my face here with my co-host again this coming Thursday, same time, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the thing at the foot of the bed with my, like I said, my co-host, David Hansel. We've got Zach Man here already. Welcome. So if you want to join in the conversation like Zach Man is, please head over to either our Facebook page or YouTube channel under the name of UFO Paranormal Radio Network. We are known as UPRN and United Public Radio Network. We have two names. Sometimes people just don't want to list UFO Paranormal normal radio with it. So we understand that's why we go under United Public. Um, again, uh, I have great guests on the show uh, all the time. They come from all walks of life and from whatever they're doing, either personally or extracurricularly, they're making a positive change for humanity. And they cover all aspects of the esoteric, I say, the spiritual side of things, the paranormal side of things, a bit of truth seeking thrown in as well as the power of the mind, um, who we are as powerful individuals and the power of positive thinking. Now tonight I have an amazing guest. I've been trying to have her on forever, but we are crazy busy, the two of us, and to get our schedules going and it's just insane. So I have to wear my glasses. I thought I escaped the scourge when I hit 50, I wouldn't need them, but I do need them. <laughs> So she's got a very interesting bio. Even I didn't know some of these things about her. So uh, we're going to talk about it. So I'm going to start it off. Lucid dreaming, the investigation and integration of conscious awakening and taking action inside your dreams whilst in dream states. Lucid living, the impl implementation and manifestation of lucid dreaming practices in the waking state. I mean, that's some of the things we're going to talk about. So about my wonderful guest, Lana, I hope I said that right, Lana. I should have asked you ahead of time. Lana, or yeah. Lana. <laughs> Is it Lana? Lana. Lana? Okay, Lana. I'm sorry. I should have asked you. You should remember. No um, so Lana was born accents. in London, UK, and grew up there until the age of 19, where she moved to Tokyo, Japan, in order to get clean from drug addiction. She lived in Tokyo for five years, mastered Japanese, work, um, worked as a PA for the CEO of Mitsubishi, and met the love of her life. She got married at 24 and moved to Boulder, Colorado, where she pursued a Master of Science degree in Consciousness, Spirituality, and Transpersonal Psychology. Upon graduation, she became a pioneer in the lucid dreaming field for mental health research. Working with clients across the globe, she won an award for publishing the first scientific paper in the world on the healing and transformative potential of lucid dreaming for treating clinical depression. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> After starting her own business of Get Lucid with Lana, uh, she, she launched, launched, my mouth does not want to work, uh, the Lucid Entrepreneur Lab, which focuses on helping spiritual and conscious entrepreneurs use lucid dreaming and living practices for personal development, entrepreneur entrepreneurial expansion and transpersonal mastery. Wow, I had a hard time with that. Welcome, Lana. I'm so glad to have you on here. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, right? 
I know how many messages have we had back and forth, back and forth, but Monday you're crazy busy like I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mon- Monday nights were particularly busy for me, but the world has me in Texas now. And so as soon as that happened, I thought about it and I was like, oh my gosh, our schedules will actually align now. <laughs> So well, I was, I was going to mention Texas and I thought, no, I'll let you throw that in there because I hadn't really talked to you about that. And you even messaged me just before, did you get the bio? And I go, yes, I got the bio. I got everything. We're all set. So let's talk about this because in our field with spirituality, especially, and, and it's not just spirituality based lucid dreaming, but for mm-hmm. people, what exactly is that in your own words? Sort of why mm-hmm. did you get into it? And what's the difference between astral travel and lucid dreaming pick whatever one you want to start with maybe at the beginning whatever you want to do what brought you into this well i i had my first lucid dream when i was about four years old and Mm -hmm. it's actually pretty common for children like a lot of children will have lucid dreams i think just because they are much more open to the dream space they sleep for longer they're in that now yeah, they live in the totally. now. They're not weighed right. under by all this disbelief. Right. They just put things for what they are, right? Exactly. They're not having dreams about just being at the office that they'd rather wake up and forget. You know, they're still, yeah. they're still um, loving everything in the dream space and learning and processing, right? So, um, it, it's pretty common for a lot of kids, especially, I don't know, maybe between the age of like five to 10 kind of thing. So anyone who's got nieces, nephews, kids of your own, even if you've never spoken about it before, I reckon if you go ask them like, oh, have you had a lucid dream? A lot of them will be like, oh yeah, I do that all the time. You know, if you explain what it is a little bit. Um, So I explain that because I forgot to mention to you that this goes out to every country, our network. I forgot to mention that too, to people that please share and like our, our subscribe to our network. If you're on YouTube, we are on Roku, forgot to mention that. Sorry about that guys. Um, If you do want to find the channel on Roku, you go to sign into your Roku account. You're going to go to Roku TV, I believe, and it's the channel section, and you're going to search for UFO space P as in paranormal. I don't have the channel code for you, and you'll be able to watch on Roku TV. Sorry about that. I wanted to throw that in there. No, yeah, definitely. I want to see it on Roku too. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so for me, the the definition, like the most simple definition of lucid dreaming is just any dream that you're having where you are aware that you're in a dream. It could be for a couple of seconds where you're like, oh, you know, my grandma who passed away is here. Like I must be dreaming right now. Then maybe you just go off into your regular dream again. Or it can be a really in-depth lucid dream where you realize you're dreaming and then spend you know, a long time just really consciously narrating the dream and changing things and doing things inside the dream. Um, But in the simplest terms, it's just any dream where you recognize you are dreaming. So it's not just like a really vivid dream that was really clear when you woke up. It's not, it's not that it's a dream where you know, inside of your dream that you are in a dream you're conscious that that's what's happening. 
That's where I was going with this was to say it's not just people from the spiritual side of things that would see this, but you explained it beautifully because anybody could recognize this. Okay, I got a question for you. Yeah. So, because I, it's it it isn't always out there how clear what lucid dream is. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I have a general idea, obviously, astral travel. But so you said it's a dream where you know that you're dreaming, and like you said, it could just be for a few seconds and what. So, what would you make of this very quickly? And not challenging you, I'm genuinely curious. So I've met many people, myself included, that actually how I got on my spiritual journal journey is because of uh, extreme paranormal activity in our previous home. But it started Mm -hmm. with a dream after I had watched The Secret. I was with my first husband and it was about 16 years ago. I remember it Mm -hmm. like it was 10 minutes ago. It was so real. The colors everything um so what would that sort of clip still i guess fall under that or what would that just be a really clear dream that i knew i was there i was very cognizant i didn't control it in any way but i can tell you that i didn't say to myself during the dream oh i'm in a dream yeah so then it's just a very vivid dream or it might be like it depends on the dream like some people it was prophetic paranormal dreams or prophetic dreams precognitive it was prophetic everything i was told the entity that was it was a tree in my yard in my front yard the entity that was looking like a man told me its name Mm -hmm. told me what kind of entity it was spelt its name for me in the dream i told it to leave i can't say what i said on on radio what i said (laughs) and then it tried to tempt me with anything behind my wildest dreams if I agreed to follow it. And again, I told it absolutely no freaking way. And Uh so it started laughing at me and mocking me. And then I called on Archangel Michael. So I knew in the dream that that's what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And I can't even describe the colors. And I woke Mm -hmm. up in a sweat, shaking and crying. But everything afterwards that he had told me I found in books, word Mm. for word. I didn't even know this name. That's why I was asking you. I thought I got to ask the expert here. (laughs) Yeah, no, it sounds like a very profound prophetic dream. And, you know, and and I I think there's an importance to both levels of it, right? Like there are some dreams that I'm really glad I wasn't lucid because I really just wanted to be in that space and receive and download. And so I think lucid dreams are useful for kind of going like re-entering a dream again or finding more information or for example if you wanted to like go back to that dream re-enter it and ask something else then you might want to induce yes my partner's very good at that so cool what I want to ask you I'm really excited because I have a gazillion questions that I was going to (laughs) take the time off there because I'm sure other people have them yes he can do that he can go cool. back in a dream, but he says mm-hmm. he trained himself how to do that. But I know there's some, like you said, children that are naturally adept at this. So is mm-hmm. this part of what you do? Like, do you train people? Mm-hmm. How do you do this? I'll stop talking. Yeah. You go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my, my main, you know, full-time uh, job, I guess you call it, but, but my career path is helping people induce lucid dreams and figuring out the easiest method for them to do that um, and create helping them create a plan of what they want to do in the lucid dream space so that, you know, because for some people it is hard to have a lucid dream and it doesn't come naturally to them, right? And so when they have the experience, 
it's all well and good being like, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm dreaming, it's happening. And then a lot of people are just like, now what do I do? And then they just wake up because they didn't have that, you know, plan in place of, okay, like this is really what I want to explore or do or any of that. So I really help people both induce lucid dreams um, themselves so that they can go take a nap and have one or go to bed and have one. And then also put together a really clear plan of like techniques they can use in the dream space so that they can achieve what they want to achieve, whether it's something that's like self-development based or a spiritual practice they want to try or an inquisition or they want to maybe they just want to fly around and eat cake. You know, that's all good stuff also. So, but I stopped you. I stopped you and I'm sorry in my excitement and that's my fault. I apologize. You had said, Mm -hmm. okay, because I'm curious what got you into this. And I was the one that led you astray. So you said you had your first dream, you you lose a dream around four. So how did you get where you are now? Sorry, that's my fault. Hi, Michelle in Australia. We got Debbie. Yeah, that's a lot of things to talk about. Um, So yeah, I had it when I was four. I was having nightmares. Like every single night I was having these um, kind of Disney villain nightmares where I was like in a forest and there was these like scary kind of characters there. Um, And I remember that one of the nights I was just like, I don't want to have a nightmare anymore. You know, that feeling where you've had one and it's really intense and you're going to bed the next day or something. You're just like, oh man, I don't want to go to sleep and experience that. And I'd been watching um, like a cartoon TV show uh, before, you know, when I got home from school or, or whatever it was. And so I was like, all right, tonight, if I have a nightmare, what I'm going to do is I'm just gonna push the button. It was like this logo, the, the, um, the show I watched was called CITV. It was like a cartoon kind of channel. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna see the CITV button, push it and everything will turn into cartoon and I'll be fine. And that was just like a simple plan I made like my own kid version plan. And that night, sure enough, like, nightmare type Disney villain character appears I'm in this like dark forest and I was like not tonight and I just see the button appear like right in front of me and I slammed it and everything turned into cartoon and so then I was like oh my gosh and I realized I could change it I knew I was dreaming and I could like shrink down characters really small and make them different shapes and change the trees and the lights and all of that stuff. And so then I just had this awesome experience where I wasn't scared anymore. And obviously, when I was four years old, I didn't know that's what a lucid dream was. But that was just something I continued to do um, throughout growing up. And then it wasn't until I think I was you know, maybe 15, 16, kind of aging us now, but the internet was invented, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. and then I, um, you know, I was looking up dream stuff online or whatever and found other people who were talking about lucid dream. And I was like, oh, that's the thing that I've always been able to do. And so mm-hmm. I, I've just done it 
kind of spontaneously deciding to as a child, but it can seriously be that simple for other people now, literally like picking out something that comes up frequently in your dream space, whether it's like you always dream of water or dogs or something like that and deciding, okay, the next time I see a dog or an alligator in my dream, I'm going to remember that I'm dreaming and, and get lucid. And it, it can really be as simple as that. So we do have a question, but I have one for you. Yeah. I've never been one to remember most of my dreams. Like it's got to be something significant or mm -hmm. spirit will wake me up and say, you need to wake up and write this down. And I do. I keep books by my bed. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, when I talk to people about dreams, because never mind that we can control and explore, and I can't wait to talk more about this topic. I'm so excited about it. But also, like you said, you know, there's many different types of dreams and there's a lot of information. So I say by the time most of us, our feet hit the ground and we're off running to the bathroom or grabbing a cup of coffee, we forget a lot of the dream. So mm -hmm. say you're someone like me, though, I know I dream but I don't remember most of them. How would I, how would someone like me, for example, and there's many people, they'll say, I don't dream. Well, yeah, you yeah. We all dream, <laughs> whether we believe it or not. How do you create something with, with lucid dreaming? Yeah, I think it's um, like for dream recall, building dream recall is super important that you create yes. a method that works for you. So, you know, if you're a parent and every morning you have, three kids jumping on top of you, you're not going to be someone that has this intricate dream journal that you can spend, you know, 30 minutes writing out your dream. Or a hundred something pound uh, German shepherd that just like yeah, a child I jumping on here. And now she's on my bed. She knows she's not supposed yeah. to be, but she knows mom can't <laughs> get me off the bed. So <laughs> she knows what she's doing. Yeah, exactly. So you know, and if you're someone like that, then I recommend dream journaling at a different time. It might be that you're someone who has like many awakenings throughout the night. They might only be 30 seconds when you're rolling over or something like that. But then maybe you're someone who benefits from using like a voice recorder instead, where just during a 10, 20 second period in the night, you can roll over, hit record and just say, like, uh, you know, in my high school, speaking with my mom, feeling um, really excited about blah, 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 right? And you just kind of speak out a mini snippet of what the dream is. That's one way to build dream recall, doing that in the middle of the night or 10 seconds in the morning or, um, you know, bullet pointing something, making it simple for you. So, uh, one of the methods I use is called CEEO, which stands for characters, emotions, environments, and observations. And if you can just track all four of them are great. If you can only even do one, you can build a lucid dreaming practice from that. So say this week you're like, I'm just going to track the environments. And then every morning or in the middle of the night, you made it your mission to be like, let me bullet point as many environments as possible. And so in the morning, you just got to take five seconds to be like um, high school, childhood home, 
bathroom, uh, fiance in the office with the fiance or whatever it is, you know, any place that you find yourself in the dream space and you start working on that, then your brain really gets into that mode of like, oh, we've just got to remember this piece and it's not as overwhelming as like, oh, I need to write out this entire narrative because sometimes dreams don't even work like that, you know? Well, I don't sleep much either. Like I'm mm -hmm. lucky if I get two or three hours and that's what made mm -hmm. me think of that because she said children sleep longer, right? Yeah. That could probably be a big piece too, which I'll get back to because uh, uh, Zach asked an interesting question. He said, okay. are there cases of lucid dreamers who sleepwalk? I asked from experience since I was sleepwalking once while dreaming that I was fighting a giant spider that came out of my wall. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> so I don't know that that would have been a lucid yeah. dream unless yeah. you were aware that you were lucid that you dreaming. wanted the spider there and you wanted to practice your boxing yeah. and you were aware that you were awake and you were creating this. Totally, <laughs> right? totally. But I think in general, the lucid dream state is usually in a pretty deep REM state. So usually it's when you've already gone into, you know, sleep paralysis or in the morning when you're still in sleep paralysis and you're pretty deep in there. It's a lot of people think like, oh, because you're doing something, you're probably in this like really light stage of sleep where you're like about to wake up any moment. But it's usually not in that space, usually when you're in like a deep, lengthy stage of REM sleep. So I would imagine in most cases, lucid dreamers aren't moving. Um, but you know, you can see your your eyes moving, which is a lot of why um, that, yeah, in the REM sleep and your eyes move left and right. And that's one way that um, researchers have been able to communicate with lucid dreamers by asking them a question and getting them to move their eyes left and right if they okay. can hear the question come through. Yeah. But other than that, I think you're pretty paralyzed. Well, I have seen cases, it's rare, because we have this innate structure, whatever you want to call it, but when we're dreaming, that we are we are paralyzed so that we don't act out fighting a spider coming out of the wall and jumping out your window or something, thinking you're going into the hole to go fight the spider, right? Right. There are some people that I've seen with research that it has... It, there's a dysfunction, but that's very dangerous, but it's very, 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 very rare. But you're right. Yeah. You are paralyzed so that you don't act out these dreams. Yeah, you you definitely wouldn't want to be lucid and not paralyzed because, I mean, if, especially a lot of people, their first lucid dreams, they want to try flying and things like that that you can't do in the normal waking state. So then, yeah, we could have people, you know, jumping out their windows and stuff. Well, yeah. A good well, even sleepwalkers are dangerous yeah. when they're, I mean, I can't tell you, well, I don't have to tell you. I mean, with the study that you've done and, and the field that you work in, but the things people have done sleepwalking, it's amazing that they're still able to wake up the next morning sometimes and tell people or, you know, don't remember what they did. And I think we see more of it now with those cameras, security cameras in homes. A lot of people didn't even know I've seen that they sleep, they sleepwalked and then they saw yeah. on their cameras. Right. 
Right. Yeah. I fo I followed a couple of accounts like that, um, where they're, you know, they're out in the kitchen and they're eating stuff and, and doing mm -hmm. all of this. Cooking and yeah. Some yeah. of them are hilarious. And, you know, the person that had the dream is posting it, but the thing, and they're going out the front yard or I can't tell you how many ones I've seen where people are gaining all this weight and they're exercising like crazy and they're super strict with their diet and can't figure out why am I putting weight on? And then they find out exactly what you said right during the night getting up cooking this massive 10 course meal and devouring it and <laughs> cleaning yeah. up the dishes and the kitchen so no no clue that they were doing that during the night oh, yeah it's amazing what you're able to do but yeah I'm, I'm very thankful that I don't have that problem especially as I love eating in a, a lot of my lucid dreams so yeah our fridge would be empty every morning for sure I'm going to tell Michelle, I wish, well, that might be something we might be able to get into. So Michelle, she's a good friend of the show. She supports us. And she said, I remember a dream from when I was around three years old, had a merry-go-round in my room, carousel with a, with a lot of fog, no idea what it meant, but that's not what really lucid dreaming is. Is it like we're not getting into necessarily dream interpretation or are we? Because it's well, more what we want to do, right? Yeah, they're definitely a great place to do that deep dream interpretation. So um, most people, when they have a lucid dream, they either want to go into inquisition, like asking a question, or they want to take action with something. But lucid dreams are amazing for taking a, you know, an old dream and reentering it to find out, like, what did this mean? Or, you know, a repeating dream theme, something like that. Like if you were having consistent dreams of merry-go-rounds or where you're in that kind of foggy environment. So getting lucid in the dream and literally speaking out to the dream, like what does this fog represent? What does the merry-go-round represent for me? And being shown an answer or receiving an answer for that. So our, our dreams are just like a deep conscious well, unconscious all the way to super conscious process of our lives and, and the collective, I believe. So they're, you know, the key to a lot of things going on within us that we don't always pay attention to or process in the waking state. And they can be super powerful for entering into a lucid dream and really asking a question like that, you know, why does this person always show up in my dream? What do they represent? What does this environment really mean to me? All of those kinds of things are great for using as a kind of crux to induce a lucid dream, so to speak. I'm glad I'm glad you said that because I've had uh, her name is Delphi Ellis. She was over from the UK, but she, she have you heard of her before? Yeah, no. I don't know if you have that. Yeah, okay. So she was talking about all the information that you have in your dreams. And I have to agree with her when she had said on the show that the best person to tell you what a dream means is yourself. And it's yeah. true, right? We get all these people at, that, that want to tell you what a dream means and there's books. And, you know, I've bought, I have books, I've, booked, I've bought books, I've looked at mm -hmm. them because people will ask you. But when you really break it down, it's the individual's own dream, right? And it's coming from yeah. either their subconscious or like you said, super conscious or whatever we may call it or label it. They're the ones yeah. they know what that symbology means to them, right? So that's yeah. an and a lot of the time, 
that isn't in the you know the journal itself it's only when you really talk to that person because for example if i had a dream riding a horse but in my childhood i'd lived with horses i'd grown up with them they were you know like my soulmate animal um yeah. it's something that i'd spend a lot of time with that's going to have a totally different meaning showing up in a dream to me as it would for someone who like fell off a horse or got kicked by a horse when they were a kid or you know if a horse is showing up for someone like that it's probably more of a, a negative experience so i definitely think it's super fun you know going on google or looking something up of i course. do that as well if if i want a bit of extra glimpse into what is the collective think about this symbol yes. particularly but yeah i definitely recommend you know trying to do your own kind of dream analysis first with something where you think about like okay what what does this what do i think it means to me or getting lucid and really having that discussion with yourself where you don't have the internet and everyone else's opinion coming at you right and it's just you and like really connecting to source with what you think it represents for you. So this is like, this is so exciting. Like I said, I love topics like this. So, but I can see people listening to this going, okay, still trying to figure out what a lucid dream is. And I think you made it pretty clear and I appreciate that. But the next question I can see people asking themselves, either watching or listening to this is, okay, so why would I want to do this? And I can literally hear the thought of why wouldn't anybody want to do this, right? But let's let's start there. Like, what can we do with lucid dreaming? And, and you know, are we able to train ourselves to do this if we're not natural at it? Because some people are natural lucid yeah. dreamers. They've all, like you said yourself, you would have probably, I would classify you probably as one that's very natural with it or whether you were able to do it. Like you said, you had that real aha moment. Mm -hmm. And how empowering that would be to a small yeah. child of four to know, hey, yeah. I can control this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the possibilities are really endless. I think of it kind of like AI, where it's like the AI is as good as the question you can come up with. And lucid dreams kind mm -hmm. of work the same way as that. Like it is as limited as your mind is essentially. And it's kind of like your own virtual reality. So, you know, when I was a kid and I was lucid dreaming, I was using it for kid stuff. I used my lucid dreams to learn how to ride a bike. I used them for acing my spelling tests at school. I used them for, you know, mastering Japanese. Whereas now I use my lucid dreams mostly for business ventures um, I used a lucid dream in 2020 to create an entire online course that um, made me hit quarter of a million dollars in my business. That entire wow. concept came directly from a single lucid dream that I had. So it really depends what you're focused on. And I also, you know, with my research, it was all about using lucid dreaming for treating depression. Um, I was just thinking that that was my next question. So how can you use yeah. it to help yourself heal? Or yeah. I, I, and I don't say this with any judgment in any way, shape or form, but I think we have an epidemic of mm -hmm. mental health issues and depression and anxiety and, 
you know, a lot of people I've run into pharmaceuticals are not helping them therapy a little bit and what have you. So this sounds so powerful and something Mm -hmm. that we do every night. How does that work? Yeah. So I think for me, um, you know, when I was feeling the most depressed that I had felt in my life, I wasn't in a position where I was like, well, I'm going to take myself to therapy every week, right? I was skipping therapy. It wasn't something I could really afford to pay for. And the times that I did go, it was really hard for me to even get the words out about what I was experiencing. Because a lot of time you're not experiencing anything, right? You, You feel nothing or worse than nothing. And so it wasn't, it was ironic because I was in this room with this person who wants to help, but they were reliant on me being able to explain what was going on within me. And I wasn't in a position to do that. So I noticed that when I was depressed, I was sleeping a lot, which is, I think, common for people with depression. It's kind of that escapism thing. And my dreams were one of the only places where I recognized I was actually having a good time, right? Because in my dream space, I could be anywhere. I could be doing anything I wanted. I wasn't bound by things like money or work or the the general things that we kind of suffer with a lot growing up or in our waking lives. And so that really struck me as something that was deeply powerful, both for, you know, getting little tasters of experiences of, you know, our greatest desires and things that do make us happy, little snippets of that, as well as it actually being a space where it's kind of like the the doctor and the patient at the same time, because in a lucid dream, I didn't need to explain or have the words to share like what was going on to someone else. It was more like me doing it to myself. And as you've probably experienced yourself, Laura Lee, with, you know, things in dream work and spiritual practices can happen telepathically, or it's just like a download, right? So that, to me, made so much sense of how I was able to kind of process a little bit more of what was going on and really get to the depths of what some things meant for myself. Um, So that's kind of where I started in the healing process was a lot of those things like I was sharing with particular characters, environments, emotions that were coming up and really starting to explore what they meant for me. Yes, Matt, Um, type that out. Thank you, Matt. Sorry, I put that up there for people. Yes, character, environment, emotions, observations. Those are kind of like the four baseline categories From my uh, journal now, I have, I think, almost 80 different categories that I break it down into, but you don't need to start with 80. You can start with with four at the base level. Um, But exploring some of those, seeing what those things meant. And then, yeah, I really felt passionate about, well, this is helping me so much. Like, does this process work for other people as well, which is why... I started conducting um, my research and I put out a little survey um, online asking people about if they'd had experiences with lucid dreams for that helped them, helped their mental health. 
And within the first 24 hours of putting that out, I had over 100 responses from like 30 different countries in the world. And that was kind of the catalyst to me being like, okay, this is something universal that a lot of people have experienced, you know, like you shared as well, just a really profound dream or a precognitive dream or something that's being revealed to them in the dream space. And so if they're able to work with that material consciously as well as subconsciously, you can you can make a lot of moves with that, I guess. Well, that that's so powerful. And again, like I'm not afraid to use myself or or whatever. Sorry, I all these crazy things with my internet. You guys said, said I got a, a virus <laughs> popping up. There's a virus pop up. I'm just live. I'm going to close it. So it's like right in front of us here. So thank you, Matt, for that, by the way, listing it. So hi, Jane. Welcome. Jane's here too. She's from Louisiana or Louisiana, I should say. Um, So I'm not afraid to use myself. So, you know, obviously when we get into the spiritual field, now, again, I want to remind people, you don't have to be part of the spiritual field to do this. This affects everything in every part of your life. Looking at, we all, I believe, need healing. We all do to unravel, not pointing a finger at somebody, but we, we have issues or we've got belief systems. We've got everything in our life that we take a look at that maybe say, why aren't we making that money we want to make? Why don't we have that dream job that we have? Why are we not maybe, you know, people will think, well, I've met lots of people with readings and stuff that why am I not meeting that right person? Why am mm-hmm. I not whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So I think need healing. I think that we could always look at these types of things and look at it, something you do every night. You know, you'll hear people say, well, we sleep for eight hours a night. I wish to God I could just work during that eight hours. So here we are, right? And and why are we not taught to do this? Because imagine if every human being was aware of this as a young child, that we could create and do what we need to do, explore, and the reason why I mention this is because I'm still looking at this. I'm still work in progress, obviously, as we all are. But I do know one of my things is I think I have a fear of success. So what if we use mm-hmm. that somebody like myself that sleeps very little, doesn't always remember their dreams, and mm-hmm. I, I've got other things working and, and figuring it out with the manifesting, the whole bit, but I'm still not at that point. And I'm not asking to make a bajillion dollars would I be open to it of course I just want to be financially free and be able to pay what I want to pay or want to trip or you know anything extra I would probably give away or an animal rescue sanctuary or something (laughs) no yeah I think that's that's why part of why I created the lucid entrepreneur lab it's not just for entrepreneurs but you know I term lucid entrepreneurship as anyone who wants to bring something new into creation it could be relationship could be with your finances could be self-development spiritual practice whatever it is health Um, right health weight loss yeah Yeah. and so I think it it is um, a powerful state to go into in the dream space because during the day there's a lot going on right like from laundry husbands spouses kids work commercial just the whole thing it's never ending right it's just never a never ending list of things we've got to do and keep track of and so our dreams 
are, as I experienced when I was depressed, is that one space where you you don't have commercials playing at you. You don't have someone else you telling you. Not. You hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, it's one of the only ones left. So yeah. being out there, but it's there's not someone else saying, "Oh, you should do this. You should do this." There, it's it's just you and you and what I call God, right? Like connecting to that source within I, I, you from ideally a higher place where you're really looking into like, what is going on for me right now? And a lot of the people I work with who want to, you know, be financially free or just to be happy again, to have something that they wake up to being like, I am excited for today, right? It comes from within. It doesn't come from looking at what someone else is doing and saying, oh, they're making money. They're doing this thing. I'm going to try that. It has to be from within you. And and it comes from both ends of the spectrum. There's some entrepreneurs I work with who are on paper, very successful, run multiple businesses. They've got the money in the bank, but they didn't set up the dream in the way that they want to live the dream. They're then tied into this thing that they're like, well, now I spend all my time working on this, being on sales calls or whatever, and that's not what I wanted to be doing. Or they're the other end of the spectrum. They're like, I don't know what the dream is. I really want to figure out what it is I want to do that's going to get me to wake up and feel motivated and excited and on top of the world every day. But I don't know where to begin. And the dream space is for both of that. Yeah. Wherever you are on the spectrum, it's like it's a book of your life, right? Your, Your dream journal is the best book you can ever read because it contains everything from your like deepest fears anxieties things way back from your childhood that maybe you didn't have the time or energy to to process or capacity to look at or didn't want to unpack maybe yeah and that's taking the cork off the genie's bottle (laughs) yeah yeah and it's hard right because you're you go through the school system or whatever it is, and then you got to just pick a job and go for it or whatever. But like, there's a ton of stuff that unfortunately our society is not built in this way where they're like, we want to really help you do this well, because we're trained to not do that. But if you do it, you show up in a totally different way. And then you can go into the future projections and kind of, Um, The lucid dream is great for that as well, like getting a little bit of a taste of what is to come and really experiencing, you know, if you're someone who's like, well, maybe I want to be an artist that lives in a, you know, 50th floor skyscraper apartment in New York and I paint and look out my window and, and do all this. You can't try it, right? But in a lucid dream, you can. And you can actually have that lived conscious experience of here I am in my 50 floor skyscraper apartment in New York City painting. And you can experience consciously, this is what I feel like when I do that. And in the same way, if you were someone who's like, maybe I want to run retreats, you could experience this is what it's like for me running a retreat for 10 people in the Bahamas. This is what it's like for me running a retreat for 
a thousand people in Houston, Texas, whatever it is, you, you get a little bit of a conscious taste. And so then you wake up and you know, like, oh my God, that felt incredible. That's what I want to do. Or, oh my gosh, that was total nightmare. I definitely don't want to be doing something where I'm in front of a thousand people during the day. Does that make sense? It does, but okay, so then something else popped in my mind. So yeah. say you try something that you never tried before, but you've always dreamed that maybe it'd be something you like. How do you know how to craft and create that in the dream state? Do we do we access the collective experience by pulling in that? And you know what I'm saying? Like, because if you've never done it, how do you know you're going to do it well in that experience? Like you said, oh, my God, no, I don't want to stand in front of a thousand people. But did we create it the way that it's really going to look like in real life? Does that right. make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how do you know? No, that's a great question. So for me, usually a dream comes as a series. So if I'm practicing something in a lucid dream, I usually don't just do it in one dream. I'll usually do gotcha. it over a series of dreams so that in the same way that you would in the waking state, right? Like maybe you practice a speech one time and it doesn't go perfect. You would rather do it like 10 times and then you get a good feel of like, okay, this really, you know, is for me or I still totally suck. This is not my skill set at all. So it might be over a series, but I do think we just have an innate thing within us of when we have a deeply conscious experience, we get that feeling of either like, I'm kind of buzzing from this, or it's not really what I thought the experience was going to be. I have so many questions. Like I'm thinking like, have maybe we done this in a past life that letters <laughs> that meant, well, really thinking about it yeah. because in the dream state, the way I believe about dreams, maybe I'm wrong, but we can do and create and and whatever we want can happen in a dream state. And maybe yeah. we've never done it in real life, but we could create what we believe it might look like, what it might feel like and how, you know, what try it on for size for um, is what I'm saying. But how do we know that we're creating it the way it would look? like in real life so to me that's what was going through my mind like maybe I always mm -hmm. get these crazy thoughts like my mind's going a million miles an hour here thinking okay did we maybe do it in a previous lifetime is that are we pulling for us we know there's the collective consciousness or universal yeah. consciousness are we pulling maybe from somebody's experience so that we know that the experience we're creating in the lucid dream yeah. is it's not going right. to be necessarily identical but we're going to know what it feels like is what I'm saying yeah well, well, that's where dream work gets insane, right? Because I, yeah. and this is maybe taking a tangent, but I've also had dreams where it's like, I'm a old Chinese man and I'm having this experience where I'm like sitting on a park bench in this like Beijing market doing something yeah. that's like a completely different timeline of my life, but I full on had yeah. like a wife and kids and family and like all of this stuff. And so what does that mean right like is that truly something that i'm saving previous times happy yeah. peaceful times like i said we can all come up with things right but the only person yeah. that really know is you yeah so means. yeah I, I think it's a great question and i don't claim to be like i know the definite answer of like that's absolutely what i it respect is. that 
I respect that yeah. rather than somebody yeah. saying, and the other thing I like that you said, not that I would ever say to somebody on my show, I always say I like to treat my guests like they were a guest in my home and I leave it up to my listeners to decide. But the fact that you put that questionnaire out there, because how many times have you seen this? This is a pet peeve of mine. Maybe there's a message mm -hmm. in it. When somebody does something, say weight loss, I, not, I, I'm not trying to lose weight right now, but I've always had to watch my weight, okay? And I will see people out there saying, well, if I can do it, you can do it. Anybody can do it. That is such a load of crap. Yeah. Everybody is an individual. And just because it worked for you, hey, I celebrate you. I'm happy for you. But I'm a completely different person than you right down to yeah. my physiology and biochemistry to where I live, for example. Yeah. So the fact that you had you know, 30 different countries and over 100 responses, I think that that's a pretty good sampling from around the world the to first, say like just the first 24 crazy. hours that was mm -hmm. as well so it's like it, it was insane to me to see how much of a global experience it was which is what made me really excited about it and part yeah. of the reason I love working with people with their dreams is because I'm nothing to do with it I can't be like here's my yeah. blueprint of what I did in my lucid dream and then yeah. you go do it. Like, obviously I can share some of my own personal experiences, but like mm -hmm. your dreams are going to do what your dreams are going to do. That's all mm -hmm. connected to you. I'm not, I'm not going into your dreaming mind whilst you sleep and we do a session and then I hop in there and I'm orchestrating the whole thing you know that Thank maybe in the future that will be <laughs> a minority report <laughs> right but it's it's yeah. you and you like I said you're you're the doctor and the patient at the same time you're the teacher and the student which I think is so cool so empowering for someone to do because it's like and a lot of my students will say things like this where they're like I feel like I'm cheating because they're an artist and they have a lucid dream and they create, they see the the masterpiece that they want to create, right? Okay. But it's just there for them. And then they wake up and they have it, or they came up with an idea or an invention and they wake up and they're like, but was that me? Like, I, isn't that cheating? It's kind of like what me? I asked you, like, where did yeah. it come from? Right? Like, right. you know, I, I get it. Like, I hope yeah. the listeners get it too. It's like, yeah. where did it come from? And then basically it's like you reach up into the ethers of where you had that dream and you pull it down and bring it into reality. Right, right. And it, and it happens while you sleep. It's like manifestation whilst you sleep, you know? And I, I think it's exactly. so cool. I do not know how it works or why it works that way or any of that. But I think it it's just one of those deep experiences that we all have access to and we all have to sleep mm -hmm. fair some of us less than others some of us much more than others but you can't get away from it like you you will die if you don't sleep so Absolutely. you may as well use that time to sure. your own benefit you either have a powerful dream or whatever dreams that you're having and you wake up and you use them to benefit you or okay don't do anything with them. And then nothing well, changes. Well, that's true too, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like I've seen other people talk about this and um, I like what you're, the way you're talking about this in the fact that 
it doesn't sound like, like you've got this rubber stamp that you're putting out there. You're going to do steps one through 10, and this is going to why, why you're going to do it the way you're going to do it, or, or marketing it, if you will, that make the most of, and I think I even actually alluded to it earlier, was mm-hmm. that you're sleeping. Like there are people out there that will say, why do I have to sleep? Like it's just, it's a wasted eight times, not realizing it, like you said, you can die if you don't sleep. Never mind yeah. the restorative properties. We need to sleep as human beings. Mm-hmm. But it's, I guess it's kind of like multitasking. But like I said, the way it was, I've seen it marketed is it almost sounds like you're running a marathon in your sleep. That like you're, <laughs> you're just running nonstop 24 hours a day. You never get a rest. No. And I don't feel that way with what you're sharing yeah. here. I really like that you said that as well, because, you know, some of my most potent, profound lucid dreams have been when I was in the depths of running my business, Mm -hmm. I was burning out, I was tired, and I would induce a lucid dream. And some of my favorites have been lucid dreams where Mm -hmm. I was like, in the middle of the ocean, laying on top of a whale, like with the sun beaming down on me and just feeling like the waves and this ocean water and just ecstasy running through my body. And it was just pure rest, rejuvenation, conscious relaxation. Lucid dreams don't have to be like, I'm now I've got eight additional hours tonight to be proactive and like work on this. Like for sure that can be part of it, but it can also just be like, deep healing, deep relaxation. Maybe you don't have the time or the money or the resources to go to Hawaii next week. So why not have a lucid dream tonight where you literally go there for free and do whatever you want? Like, why would you not want to do that? So I think that's one of the amazing parts of it as well is like, if there is something where you're like, I just really want to catch a break or I could really do with a vacation, you know, during COVID, it was amazing for me because I could still travel. And I was saying that to my friends. I was like, I, I'm, I'm just going to turn it on. It just, I'm right here. So um, yeah, exactly. Like that would have been a perfect time for people to really look into stuff like lucid dreaming during COVID. I didn't notice yeah. any difference in COVID, not that I was being, um, I wasn't being insensitive, but mm-hmm. with hurting my back and having, you know, I don't always get out, but so I've created a life, if you will, to remain active and do what mm-hmm. I'm doing. I'm more busy now than when I was working full-time as a community living, um, sorry, visiting nurse, uh, teaching a nursing course I developed and then working still casual in the queue amazing because i think life is what we make it right and what we mm-hmm. dream what we want things to look like totally. so i do want to say hi just one sec here we've got dave he says hi um, michael was on this show recently michael i'm giving you a shout out i talked to our mutual friend last night holy cow michael strikes again i'll tell you you were absolutely right we have so much in common it was mind-blowing <laughs> to throw that out there okay. so he says um Michelle says, have your cake and dream about it, too. I like that. Uh, Michael says, maybe when you are in a dream state, our filter becomes wider. That's an interesting question. So you see mm. for comment? What do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think um, for me, 
it's like that space where, and you mentioned it, Laura Lee, where we're connected to maybe the collective consciousness. Yeah. One of the interesting things for me was um, dreams with the deceased, lucid dreams with the deceased. So I had a well, series of dreams. That, yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. I had um, a really potent lucid dream when my Nana passed. I didn't know that she had passed. She was uh, getting sick. She was in the UK. I was here in the US. And I had this really powerful lucid dream with her where I was like walking down the street. I see her in a window and she's young. She's like in her like, she maybe her 40s kind of, which yeah. obviously I didn't know her when she was that age. And um, I see her and I know it's her. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I open up the window, run inside into the apartment. And I know we're in a lucid dream because she wouldn't be there. And so I'm saying to her, I'm like, Nana, let's like talk about some cool stuff or, you know, let's like, we could go flying. We could do something like that. And she starts saying to me, no, I just want to make you a sandwich. I'm going to make you a cup of tea. Like you sit down, I'm doing this. And I have no control over her whatsoever, which I think is a common misconception of lucid dreams where it's like you're in control of absolutely everything. I think it's more of a co-creation. Again, don't know how that works. But she's running around this little kitchenette. She's making me a sandwich, making me a cup of tea. And she just keeps saying, it's so good not to be in any pain anymore. It's so good to be able to just walk around and and do whatever I want. Like, this is all I want to do. I just want us to spend time together. And it's so good to not be in pain anymore. She keeps saying this. And um, basically, that was kind of the the dream. Um, I share it, like, in depth. I've made, like, a 30-minute YouTube video about it. But... I wake up from that lucid dream and um, it was just like a really good feeling, right? Because I was with my Nana and I hadn't seen her for a little while. And um, and then I get a call at 2 p.m. coming through from my dad. You can see it on my phone. And I look at my husband because I told him about the lucid dream I had that morning. And I was like, I reckon she passed. And that's why she was in my dream space and I answered the call my dad told me she passed um about around that time Um, I mean she was into her like almost 90 she had a great life but I told him the dream that I had obviously I was like let me tell you this lucid dream that I had last night and my dad starts crying and I asked him like what why he was upset and he was saying Um, you know, we didn't want to tell you because you were in the US and we didn't want to worry you or anything. But the last couple of days, she was just saying like, I'm in so much pain. Like, I just can't bear it anymore. I didn't know that because they didn't want to worry me or anything, you know. Um, But he was saying- It's the worst feeling when you can't be there. And, you know, our minds- create things that we can't see if we're not there for example someone very close to me lived 
in Toronto, which is, I think, 20, 22 hours away by car from where we are. Mm -hmm. And his father passed and he was so extremely close to his father. Mm -hmm. And he still he had nightmares for years about what had happened versus mm -hmm. really what had happened. So I could see why your parents yeah. did that, I you know, to spare you any worry or concern in the way yeah. of God. But, you know, <laughs> Yeah. And it isn't nice to know someone's in pain or anything like that. But yes. I just thought that was so interesting that in my dream, I had no reason to think like why she wouldn't be in pain or anything. But the fact that she kept saying it. And when I told my dad, he was like, you know, she she had been in a lot of pain. And I think it gave him a lot of comfort to hear me sharing yeah saying she wasn't in pain anymore because he um, had relevance after like like you know what I mean like now when you put the pieces together and maybe your nana told you so that she knew the bigger picture yeah. you would share this with her dad or with her son yeah. your your yeah. dad and the people that were around her exactly. now the interesting thing when you told me what she looked like working yeah. as a medium I don't always see people but it's been my experience that people show up from the other side, as I call it, home. Mm, <laughs> they show yeah. up looking how they loved, the, how they felt the best in their, oh, their living lifetime or their last lifetime, like how they felt maybe really confident or beautiful. Or you, we've all had those times in our life where we know, yeah. hey, I'm the bomb, if you will. They don't come across and say that, but you know what I mean. Like you just feel so awesome, right? The best you've yeah. ever felt. Yeah. That's how they usually appear. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense to me because she did look amazing. And I had yeah. never seen her like that. Like yeah. I, you know, I was used to her being my 80 something year old Nana for, yeah. You know, so it, it was really interesting that it was like that. And I, I never thought about it, but I, I'm really glad you said that. That makes me feel And great. to let you know that she was okay. And like, you <laughs> might not maybe have understood like, why are you telling me you're not in pain? But she, mm -hmm. she gave you kind of, if you will, living proof. Like, look at how great I look and, and, and kept repeating it. And obviously there was a reason because yeah. just imagine what a relief and how healing was. Like you said, when you had that conversation with your dad and what right. a beautiful story to share. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. I really appreciate yeah. it. Cause I think that's going to help a lot of people, Lana, because, you know, when we, and I won't stay with this too long, but, but when we, we lose something, anything, but especially a loved one, right? Grieving is a natural process. There's no timetable, but we also know within energy, like attracts like energy. And yeah. so when we're grieving, our energy is very low and say, we're going to connect with the other side. They're on a higher energy plane. I hope this makes sense to people. So the place where I find is easiest for us to connect with our loved ones is in the dream state. So I'm so glad because this dream could be very healing for people that have, if you will, unfinished business or they weren't there when their loved one passed. So how could they yeah. use lucid dreaming? I won't stay with this. I just wanted to throw it in there. Yeah, it's great. Um, I mean, I, I used it as well when my, my cat passed away suddenly and, you know, a lot of our, uh, for family are, are our babies, right? And um, for me, it was a big shock. I wasn't expecting her to pass, she had a seizure. And so, um, and I was much younger and it was really sudden. I saw, you know, the light go out of her eyes. 
And I felt like I hadn't said goodbye. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just one minute she was alive, the next minute she wasn't. And I spent about two weeks after that having lucid dream every single night and just playing with her. And we would just play and I would hug her. And um, the amazing thing in the lucid dream space was I got to talk to her because like I was saying to you how, you know, you have that telepathic communication going on. And there was some really funny stories shared between us where I was asking her, you know, like, so what was your favorite day that we had together? Which was a question I obviously never got to ask my cat in the normal waking state. And she would tell me about these experiences that we had that were things that I couldn't, I had never thought of before that, right? So I found that really interesting where it was like able to gain information that or like access to a memory that I didn't have before that dream. So I thought that was interesting. Um, And I feel like that was a really great way to grieve where after maybe two weeks of having those dreams with her, I had that moment in my lucid dream space where I was like, okay, we spent time together. We were happy together. You know, I'm ready to let you go, but you're welcome to be with me anytime in this space. And I could fully let it go, you know, and and process the entire experience. And sometimes she'll still show up in my dream space now, which is always Mm -hmm. nice. But I do think, especially in the West, it's not, we we don't have that deep relationship with like Mm -hmm. the proper way to grieve or how to process it or we're not really supposed to talk about it all that much or you know we kind of just shove it people down think there's a time a timetable like and i don't think people are, are naturally trying to be insensitive i've worked no. a lot in palliative care and i'm very very passionate about end-of-life care um mm-hmm. about grieving and what you know when you'll hear people say well it's been so many years like don't you think you should be over it and again i don't think people are coming from a state of being mean about it they just don't understand it that grief is a natural process but it's individual for everybody and sometimes Mm -hmm. you never ever really ever get over it's almost the the grief it's like a new type of normal starts to grow around I seen this really great illustration of it looked like a ball of just squiggly energy if you will Mm -hmm. that they represented the grief and then as time went on they called it a new state and normal started growing around it but there was always Mm -hmm. that space there because you just gave yeah. me a great idea and I have to thank you like I said I've been sharing okay. more and more about myself never I never hid things but it just didn't come up but I have a my kitty who has decided to keep marking on my son with severe autism his bed every time he leaves she she goes and leaves a little mark on there and I've been thinking, how am I going to get through to you? My kid, my eldest other son does communicate with animals and um, may be able to go there. And I'm thinking, do I need to find an animal communicator? You just gave me a great idea that I'm wondering if we could meet in the dream space. And this yeah. just doesn't apply to cat. How do we co-create with others? Like, how do I ask my cat, if you will, or maybe it's another individual, yeah. somebody listening. How do we meet up in the dream space? 
Yeah, yeah. There's lots of different techniques. Um, for me, one that works really well is doors because it gives our brain a chance to kind of tune in and process. So literally as simple as standing in front of a door, like wherever you are in the dream. And a lot of, a lot of times we're in buildings or places, right? Or if you're not by a door, you can just turn around. But it's like the door kind of gives your mind. It's just setting the intention that that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Staying in front of the door and saying, like, when I open this door, this person will be behind it or my cat will be behind it or whatever. Simple as and, and opening it to do that. Or like I said, the other way is just when I turn around, I will see whoever standing behind me and you turn around and there they are. Those are just two really simple techniques for that that I think would work for you really well. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. I yeah. want to say hi to Dave Petrella. He's a supporter of our show. He's been on here yeah. before. Um, De- I said hi to Debbie. If I missed anybody, please say hi. Let me know you're here. And if you're listening and you want to watch, come on over to UFO Paranormal Radio's Facebook page or YouTube channel, and we'll be able to see um, your comments and have you be part of the conversation. I just want to see this. Michelle said, I have read you can't see your hands when you dream is this true i no. I, I i don't think it's true no no you should so. well i mean there's different dreams right like i've going back to your question at the beginning about astral projection a lot of the times where i've had astral projections not lucid dreams i don't have a physical body and so yes in those cases there are times where Maybe if you astral project, you don't have a physical form and you're more like an an energy. But most times in lucid dreams, it's like everything looks exactly like what it looks like right now. Real and, and oftentimes even more HD, like high definition kind of vision. So it looks, people describe it realer than real, if that makes sense. Kind of like, if you use a psychedelic and everything is very heightened, I think a lot of people experience it that way. Oh, oh no. It's Lorelei, Lorelei frozen. I am so sorry. Our internet cut out. I've never had that happen. So I'm on my phone, guys. I'm sorry. No worries. <laughs> my son Yeah, our internet just cut out. I, I thought, oh my God, did I like what went on? There's no internet. <laughs> never had that happen. The powers that be don't want this going out. Well, go ahead. And I'm sorry. So I apologize. I'm moving. Thank God I have StreamYard on a yeah, couple yeah. different devices. So we'll finish the show out on my phone unless. 
the internet. I can't even go downstairs and fix the internet because uh, the router's downstairs. So we'll have to do it, right. guys. Sorry, go ahead. What were you saying, Lana, that I so rudely interrupted? Uh, what were we saying? Ah. Sorry, I'm plugged in. I gotta, I'll go over here. There we go. You're probably sitting there going, where the heck is the host? No. Yeah, I was worried I did something. I was like, I No, don't... you did not do anything. Like I said, I've never done a show like this. Okay, am I in the right way? Good thing I had my ring light set up with the because I used it as extra light. This is crazy, guys. We've never had this happen. Like no, I've been podcasting for eight, nine years. Never had this happen. Oh well, I feel special. You are special. Like <laughs> I think you're right. Maybe they don't want this information out there. I mean, it goes back to what you were saying before, right? Like, why don't people know about this? Like, why is this not breaking news? And I think that's like one of the, obviously the mission I'm on is to share this with as many people who can benefit as possible. But also, you know, I do think it's a very powerful tool to have in your tool belt. I think it wakes you up and I think it gets you on that path of wanting to, you know, live your best life and mm -hmm. overcome any potential blockages and be a really powerful person. So yeah, unfortunately, the way our world is built up is not designed to create us as the most powerful versions of ourselves that we can be, at least usually not in the beginning stages. So I do think that this is something that's not it's not mainstream. It's not something that most people are tapping into, but I'm very grateful that there are people like yourself and the listeners who are like ready to make the most of it and, you know, even share it with other people who can benefit. Like if you know someone who passed or mm -hmm. someone who needs to grieve or someone who wants to use this for depression, anxiety, whatever it is, I have hope that it can be very useful for a lot of people. Sorry, I was letting my son know people have seen him. That's what happens with live uh, broadcast, guys. He's standing here. I'm listening to you, and I'm mentally sending him a message, honey. You know I'm live. Off you go. <laughs> so I just I just saw the Wi-Fi signal come back on. So I just tapped him as you're talking. I'm going like this with thumbs up, like no. <laughs> That's what happens when you're a mom and a pet mom. And uh, my son's going to be 25 in March. Most people know him. He usually doesn't come in, but he's got severe autism. So the internet is his whole world. But on to what I wanted to ask you, because I know you've kind of transitioned from not so much working on a one-to-one -one basis, but with entrepreneurs. So yeah. I, I just happened to take a peek because I said, I don't always look at things that people send me but I think this is important to talk about is what are some of the success stories that you have worked with individuals or businesses and why would people that are entrepreneurs want to use this or mm -hmm. where do they start the whole bit? I'm going to grab my drink. It's behind me. Sorry. I don't usually move around. Um, well, there's lots of different success stories and, and that's the cool thing again about dream work is like, it's very focused on you and who you are. So, you know, I've worked with a lot of people who or a lot of students who they're in a nine to five that they're, you know, okay with, or they've just been doing that, or they kind of like graduated, that was the thing they went into. But then a couple of years down the line realized like, 
maybe there, this is not it or it's not what I thought it was going to be. I thought there was going to be something more for me or that they had a dream on their heart that they really wanted to go into. So, you know, one of my students this past year, she was working a nine to five in a cafe. She was getting by. It was fine. Um, And when we started working together, you know, I asked her, like, what is it that you really want to do? Like, if you could do anything. And I think that's the kind of cool thing with lucid dreaming is one of the initial questions is like, all right, if you could have a lucid dream tonight where there's no financial blockages, time blockages, you're not even bound by space time, right? Like you could be in the future, you could be in the past, you could be a dolphin for the night if you really wanted, right? Nothing is blocking you. No limits. No limits. What do you want to do? Like, what do you spend that time doing and she said she really wanted to do music she's like that's my true passion I haven't gone into it I know I want to do it and so we started talking about why she hadn't and there was a lot of things in connection to um, you know family and needing to heal and confidence and all these kinds of things and so we used her lucid dream space a lot for that for like really resolving a lot of those things that she felt was kind of compacting her inwards. Fast forward to today, she's booked her first tour. She's been given $10,000 grant to like record her first music video. She's putting together an album. She's gone full time as a as a musician, as an artist. So, and that's all happened within the span of under a year, which is insane. I think it's like a complete. I can see why you've gone to this because, like, working with entrepreneurs and you know, not just necessarily say spiritual wise, but as I always call it lovingly, but jokingly, you know, we'll have people on that say aren't doing what you're doing full time, they're doing it part time, but that's their passion, they come on the show, they talk about maybe it's a book, right? But I always jokingly say, and their muggle job is, meaning (laughs) they're doing what they do to pay the bills. It doesn't mean that they necessarily like it, but -hmm. where I find that this would be so huge and we all run into people like this, regardless of walk of life, they, they, they know that what they love to do, say, we'll take the musician, for example, many excuses yeah. for, and many valid reasons why they felt they couldn't do this full time. But I meet so many people that say, how will I know when's the right time to lose the muggle job, jump in with both feet and know that I'm going to be able to cover, say, my bills and what have you, yeah. right? Thanks, Michelle. Take care. She's heading out. I think it's morning over there in Australia. I think it's Tuesday morning. So she usually Um, listens to the show when she's getting ready for work. So thanks, Michelle. Yeah, exactly. Um, And the great part about it is you kind of get to do some of that process whilst you're sleeping, right? And so if you were writing a book is a great example. If you're writing a book or you want to write a book to do that in the waking state, you need to put aside time and maybe you put aside an hour a day. Maybe it's 30 minutes a day alongside your muggle job. I love that term. So I can't yeah. take credit for us from Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so muggle yes. is, not muggle job. Have that, that 
that time, but maybe some of that time is like, you just got writer's block for the 30 minutes. And maybe it's like that for a week straight. If you're doing that work in the lucid dream state, you're firstly, there's different parts of your brain communicating whilst you're in a lucid dream than to when you're awake. And that's where the term like sleep on it comes from, because you're much more likely to find a solution. You're, you're in an altered state of consciousness. So you're your brain is acting differently, which is why if you take a problem and then you sleep on it, you dream on it, you often find a solution because you can see things differently. But that way, you know, rather than spending months and months putting together a book proposal, maybe you have a single dream where you come up with the entire sphere of what the book is like, and then you wake up and you already have it. So it really saves you a lot of time, a lot of energy. And if you're an entrepreneur, you want to be a startup entrepreneur, you can use that extra time while you're sleeping to have those downloads. And then you've just got it ready to go, which is the same thing that happened to me with my business in 2020, where I really wanted to know, you know, what's the next steps I needed to take? How do I put together this course? And in a single dream, had the download come through, saw everything completely lined up for me, finished products. And so I woke up and just reverse engineered the whole thing. You know why people sometimes feel like they're cheating, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. Exactly. But, you know, it works that way. And so rather than spending six months trying to find here and there a little bit of spare time to put together a book or a course or whatever it is, why would you not just have that solid time whilst you sleep to see the full flourished product, so to say, in creation? And then that way, when you wake up, you just, you've already seen it, you've already tasted it. So you can just put it together. You have given me, so, oh my God, my mind is going in a million different directions because you've talked about so many things that I have like all these irons in the fire, but I often say there's not enough. Hour. I often wish there was 48 hours in a 24 hour period because yeah. I am, I'm writing three books. I'm working on a course with a friend that she's been trying to get a hold of me and I've been so busy. She has much more time. And there's so many things you have just said here that I could say that I could see using this just, I, and I'm just mentioning this off the top of my head right now. Yeah. So imagine what people could look like, like where I'm even thinking is people that, like you said, your spelling tests, like you, you aced your, your school, like you use it for schooling, you're a professional athlete, you've got a competition coming up, not even a professional yeah. athlete, anything, right? You could use this for anything. Anything that's rehearsal, right? So like for me, when I did um, speeches, like I, I was doing speeches at conference when I published my research, I was a terrible speaker. I, I'd never been on. I can't see stages. that. <laughs> Seriously, and I, I, I was very, very introverted. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, I would love to practice this, but it's different practicing, you know, just reading it to yourself versus yeah. being on a stage being in front of people doing it. So I did it in my lucid dreams, walk out on stage, people there, read it through. And then I'd done that multiple, multiple times before going to do it on stage. So it was like 
I'd done it. And the same neural connections were being made in my brain as if I had actually done that that day. And so your lucid dream is not just a visualization of it happening. The same connections are being made as if you had actually done that. And so in the same way, can be used for skill enhancement, can be used if you want to overcome a fear of something like scared of spiders. Well, you could try touching a spider whilst you're awake, or would you rather try touching a spider when you know it's a dream spider? And if you get freaked out, you can just, you know, click your fingers and it's gone. Like, that, again, I'm not a big easier. Harry Potter fan, but I keep thinking about <laughs> that. I think it was the one uh, with the third one where they were in the Defense Against the Dark Arts and the the werewolf teacher, Dr. Remus Lupin, I think, and he got them all to face their, their greatest fear with a yeah. fogger, I think it yeah. was. That's almost what it makes me think of. It right? is kind of like that, right? And it, it's like when you when you know it's a dream, it's different because you can go out on stage and you know it's a dream audience, it's a dream stage. I can make a mistake. I can read the same line 20 different times. I can rehearse it and repeat it and do that. And that's just different. It's a different level of experience. Confidence comes from repetition, right? And trying it mm -hmm. again. But it's it's different being like, okay, well, now I've done 10 conferences. So I'm a little bit more ahead versus I just did 10 in my sleep last night. Like now I'm ahead, which was exactly the same for me in school. You know, when I was living in Japan, I would come into school and I was top of my class, I would beat all these Chinese kids who were in my class learning Japanese. We'd take a Japanese kanji test, the Chinese characters. Mm -hmm. You would think that the little white girl would not be able to beat Chinese kids in a kanji test. Well, I was top of the class every time. And all these kids were like, how are you doing this? Like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing it in my sleep. It's literally... <laughs> You know, and they were like, what? Like, I don't know. Yeah, because I had more time to practice. I was able to do it. And the same with languages, right? Like I was speaking in Japanese in my sleep to dream characters where I had more confidence to practice, to speak, to try stuff because I knew it was my dream, which is different to going to the convenience store in the waking state and speaking something and feeling like an idiot because you say something weird to someone you don't know mm -hmm. so it was a very different way of skill enhancement all of that was totally different well japanese isn't easy to learn i speak french and some spanish and a lot of the other languages that originated from latin fit in very nicely like portuguese italian because they all have sort of the same a lot of the same roots right mm -hmm. but japanese is one of those difficult ones like chinese with many di dialects the reason why i know my ex-husband was japanese and his mother and so my kids are half my my aunt on my mom's side also also married a man from japan too so yeah 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 so that's a cool connection yeah, yeah i know you know how the language works a little bit as well i guess
I just said the word kanji. Actually, I forget who I said it to. That's why when you said it, I was nodding because I'm going, oh, wow, I haven't used that word in forever. And I just <laughs> said it the other day, like two days ago, I think, to somebody. Oh, weird the- synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Debbie, Debbie uh, writes in the comments, uh, Bogert or Bogerts. <laughs> she said, I love the Harry Potter movies so much. Well, I have to say, I'm trying not to get off topic here, but very quickly, that I think it's like most things with a movie. The movies, if you haven't read the book, are amazing. But once you mm-hmm. read the book that they're based on, yeah, they, they ha- I know they have to leave a lot out, but <laughs> the books are amazing. <laughs> I'm a big fan of them. I, I went to the Harry Potter world when I went back to the UK um, just oh. before COVID, and it was it was epic. I loved it. Oh my goodness. Okay. So that's a place I would love to go in my dreams. Like, I am so fascinated by this stuff because I never have believed just because I may not remember my dreams that I don't have them. Mm. Cause like I said, I do have spirit wake me up. I connect with a couple of friends that are clairvoyant mediums as well. And spirit gives us some information on certain things. And it looks like we're putting a puzzle together, but they will. And sometimes we will have a co-dream almost like I will have one and then either both will have one the same or yeah. very similar. And then, but they'll wake us up and tell you, tell us you need to write this down. We don't know what it means mm. and eventually plays out. Sorry, you were nodding. What were you going to say about the co-dream? Yeah, shared dreams are, it's another like phenomenon that again, like I, I don't claim to know exactly how it works, but it's one of those things that is experienced by so many people um, where it's, it's just like, this is, this is clearly something that we have access to that we don't really talk about, or we don't really say, you know, to people, like, it can be weird to say to people like, well, I had this dream and and my friend had this dream as well. And we were both in there at the same place, received the same information. And similarly, you know, I have a lot of people who approach me and will say, I had a lucid dream and I, I screenshotted a thing off Facebook recently that someone messaged me, just tagged me saying, I had a lucid dream and your business card literally printed out of a printer. He's like, are you advertising in the lucid dream space? And I was like, no, but you know, that makes sense to me that it works that way because he was asking for someone to guide him with dream work and clicked a button on the printer and that's what printed out. And he was like, so I looked you up on Facebook and this is what you do. So I'd love to, you know, work together. And I think that's incredible. Dream work should work like that theoretically, right? Like it does connect us to particular people. And like you were saying in your precognitive dream or prophetic dream that, you know, you were given the name and and you know those things. And, And I've also had dreams like that as well. And so seemingly we do have access to more than we had before we went to sleep, right? Like where you can have a dream, you can write it down, we can timestamp stuff and see that these things were happening at the same time with two different people. And so much of that that I feel like is not talked about. Explored and talked about Mm -hmm. because I like this is 
the reason why I said at the beginning of the show that we're not taught, there's so many things that I hope I live to see the day where, you know, meditation is the mainstay that, you know, babies are, I mean, it's, it's started right at the beginning. There's, you know, watch YouTube. I don't watch a lot of TV, but I'm, I'm creating, I have to be creating when I'm meditating or doing something like I understand about having a dream, whether it is lucid or not and i i believe that i have probably had lucid dreams creating something because i'll wake up in the morning and then i create it because yeah. i love resin that's one of my big things and sculpting and 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 what have you so i definitely believe that that kind of stuff can happen so i got distracted i was reading debbie's uh, comment where where were we for a minute there i was reading she said we're go we're talking about going to the one here at universal studios in orlando she was talking about harry potter nice. <laughs> got distracted but um what did you say just before i said about the creating i know there was something i was going to add to that why i brought that up um oh probably just about that i i would know what i was going to make like just from the dream i would yeah. move it forward and then create it in the morning so yeah. i like i said this is such a useful skill for people that imagine the businesses that people would be out of money like if you could heal yourself if you could figure out with mental health many of the issues if you could create whatever you decided to try on and say yeah this is a good fit no it's not a good fit instead of just jumping in and thinking geez maybe i want to go to school for this and then you mm -hmm. get done including yeah. my other son and going i hate what i just went to school for there's mm -hmm. so many things right yeah i think it saves a lot of time energy processing Party. you know like all of that it's, it's it's just a very deep space to to do that in and especially without like i was saying before without outside influence where you know it can be really hard to say something i think i want to go back to school and then your mom says one thing, your cousin says another thing, your sister says another thing, your best friend says another thing, and you've got all these opinions and people telling you what they think versus being able to just be you you and God, you and source, and, and asking and processing for yourself, okay, like these are my options, this is how this feels, this is how this might turn out, and to like really consciously experience that versus it just being kind of a jumbled visualization that you get a spare 10 minutes a day to think a little bit about and then you're like ah oh, I gotta do the laundry now <laughs> you know so and, and it is hard right like we don't get to the end of a work day we would love to get to the end of the work day and say I'm gonna do a two-hour meditation now and then go to bed like I would <laughs> I would love to be able to do that every single day, but the truth is, it's I don't, I I can't, I don't have time for it. Right? We mm -hmm. say those things, but I can do it with a lucid dreaming practice. And there's lots of nights where I would have loved to do yoga at the end of the day. I would have loved to do a painting. I would have loved to meditate, and I didn't have time mm -hmm. after my work day and dinner and everything else but then I can go in the dream space and do those things that I know benefits me and I wake up with that benefit. So even if it's not for business, health, any of that, even if it's just for deep self-care mm -hmm. and the extra time to do that deep self-care or meditation or yoga or painting, I think that's a really important place to start with it. It's like 
more time to have fun, more time for you, more time for self-care. We could all use a bit of that. Well, I agree. Plus, I think you said something really important before my my naughty internet decided to play up. Gremlins here, we'll call it. But um, is that it still creates like almost the neural pathways and the neurochemicals and what have you. So mm-hmm. it, you're still getting the same benefits. We are almost out of time and I still have some things I want to ask you because you've got big things coming up. Like, gosh, yeah. like how do people sign up like with your, uh, I'll tell, like I told you before, we'll have a few minutes at the end for people where, to know where to find you. But I think you're looking for people. I think you've got a course. If I remember, I was using my phone as my guideline here. So <laughs> course you've got um, something uh, very warm coming up that they're going to get people to come together. Let's talk about all that stuff for a few yeah, minutes. Yeah. So, you know, it's been the the pandemic and everything else and um i originally had a retreat that i was doing in boulder colorado and we did that earlier this year it was postponed for two years which is insane and we finally got to do it and i realized that it's such a different energy to do this work in person and in a space that's not your home there are so many breakthroughs that come through from being with like-minded people who are, you know, aiming at the same trajectory and like being in a powerful container or like I like to call it kind of an incubator. So this year um, I'm co-hosting a lucid dreaming and human design retreat with my partner, Carrie Ann. Um, It's going to be in Hawaii in Oahu, which is such a vortex place of itself where, you know, you could go there and do nothing and you would have a breakthrough, I feel like, just because of the island energy. But um, we wanted to create this space, this container, this incubator where people can get a week out to really do a deep dive into creating something new, like enhancing the dream, expanding the dream with um, human design using their actual charts during the day and then lucid dreaming during the night and lots of fun and epicness in between that as well, um, of course, in that location. But that can be, we just launched it. So you can sign up to apply at uh, revelation2023.com. There's a big apply button and the application goes through some more details of kind of what we're including in the retreat as well. But um, it is small, it's intimate. So, you know, we we really want to do that, that deep work with people who are ready to kind of take this year and their life to the next level for themselves and really do everything that I've talked about in here, which just like I want to up-level my life, happiness, wealth, abundantly manifest, you know, everything that it, their dreams are calling on their heart. So that's kind of the concept for that. I love it. So, okay. So somebody's listening to this and they're going, oh my gosh, this sounds like the answer to all my, whether it's prayers, what I've been hoping to manifest, and maybe the law of attraction isn't quite working the way I want it to, whatever. Mm-hmm. Where do they go from here? What do they, how do, what, what, 
what can you help them with or where can you like I, I know you have your partner Carrie that's why I smile because I haven't connected with her yet oh, but yes. um, I, I will but uh, yeah so what can people do they want to reach out to you they've heard this show this sounds amazing so what do they do where do they go from here with this if the retreats calling you and you're like I need to be there apply ASAP because it will fill um, revelation2023.com. If you have questions, you can reach out to me on my website, which is my name, lanasackwild.com, or my Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all of it, YouTube. just Lana Sackwild, YouTube. Um, find me on any of your preferred. But platforms. before we go, though, I want to ask you like, say somebody's never heard Lucid Dreaming before, yeah. but the way we've talked, but they go, yeah. Yeah, I think that's happened before. Or, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. Yeah. What do they do? I know you've got some free resources, but like, say they want to start. Like, they maybe they're not ready to quite go, or maybe yeah. it gets filled up because we know it's going to. I know you've already gone into the dream state and seen where it's going, and it's going to be successful and amazing. But somebody that's new to this, where do they start? Where do they go? They want to work with you, maybe, or find out more about, you know, how to get yeah. where to that point. Mm -hmm. um via my website i have a ton of free resources for like how to start up a dream journal specifically for lucid dreaming i've got some master classes on there and things like that where it's like you can kind of get a little bit of a taste of the experience um or you can sign up for you know any of the courses that i'm running at the moment okay. The easiest place where everything is, is my website. But okay. um, I also just love to talk with people personally to really find out like, where is the best place for you to start? Because I have totally free resources to like paid masterclass. It depends kind of on your level and what you're looking for in your style. So I would say send me a message um, okay. on Instagram or on Facebook let me know, like, what's your experience? What are you looking for? And that way I can um, maybe send you more of a personalized resource that would be helpful for where you're at. But if not, my YouTube is an abundance of here's how to set up for your first lucid dream, your journal, and all, and all of those are, are free. So please go go watch them. I'm so glad that you came on. I hope you come back again because yeah, like I said, you can see there's a lot of interest. Like I said before, my naughty internet decided <laughs> to act up because Debbie said she have, said, have a great night, have to go get dinner. I think people thought, oh my God, they're gone. Like this never happened yeah, before. Yeah. That's it. But people will see this on the replay. So I hope you come back on again. Yay. We can talk in more in depth. And yeah, maybe thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad that you came on. So you guys, I want to remind you that I will be back here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm holding, I don't usually start right at 10 to, I usually wait a few minutes, but I'm thinking, please internet hold out. I don't know what's going on, why it cut out. That is crazy, but it did. But I want to remind you guys, I'll be back here Thursday with David Hansel, my co-host with the thing at the foot of the bed. Uh, just depends what we kind of run across during the week, what kind of things we're going to talk about. I will tell you, though, with all the balloony type stuff we've been seeing and what have you, we talked a bit about that last week. But I will tell you, I sent a whack of video clips today to take a look at. So now if I can just find the right, um, what is it, video converter. I know what format you need to upload to StreamYard, but it does not like the MP4 um, 
uh, converter that I've been using because I'd love to share them with you. Next week, I will tell you that I'm going to read some comments that I am having a very exciting guest on as well next week. Some of you may know her, Lorian Fenton. She's a friend of mine. She works with MUFON, UFOs, uh, all kinds of things. She's got a big conference coming up. I believe it starts on... St. Patrick's Day in March up, up in San Diego. So we're going to be talking about all kinds of things next week on the Angel Rock, same space, same time. Michael de Blasi says, thank you. What an interesting conversation. I agree. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. Let's remind them again where they can find you. I know some people may have just tuned back in, see if we're still live, whatever, and then I'll let them know where to find me. Yes. Um, my website, lanastackwell.com. For the retreat, revelation2023.com um, or on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. At oh, you forgot TikTok. I'll have to, I, I think I added you, but I'm not sure. I'll have to add you if I have it on TikTok. Before. Yeah, go find my TikTok. I got a little bit of different content on all of my platforms. So whatever your heart desires, whether it's long format YouTube or um, my, my weird dancing TikTok, minute long content with some tips i've got a whole playlist of lucid dreaming tips and techniques on there so if you wanted to like learn 10 of them tonight and just swipe through uh, i definitely recommend that i i am because like i said i have wanted to do this for a very long time like i said my partner he can do it i forgot to mention he has a delicious recipe on thursdays right after me i don't know who his guest is this week but he's on the hour after david and i are he's always been able to do it always mm -hmm. and then he will tell me about his dreams and like he'll just wake up and then he'll decide yeah i need to go back in that dream again it was it was very strange when i changed a few things while i was in the dream and i want to figure out why this happened and maybe try it on a different like he definitely is a lucid dreamer yeah definitely mm -hmm. you should you should get him to to awaken you like one of the things i use partner assisted lucidity Ooh. where if I have a lucid dream, I'll tell my husband in the dream that we're dreaming, or if he is one, he can tell me whisper oh. it through. It doesn't matter if I want to hear it or not. He tells me, and I always marvel at the detail he remembers and the like there there are some strange things. I don't mean like in a bad way, but very strange. And he'll know what it means. Like he'll yeah. know what the symbology of like I was in high school and I was back in the desk that I used to sit in and and then I was with all my friends and we were at this place and it was like all these rooms. Like he can just go into so much detail. Yeah. So if wake up. Why did you wake me up? I was in such a good dream. Oh, <laughs> man, I'll just go right back to it. And then he does. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing how much can come out of even like a line of a dream and the detail and the memories that are connected to it and all yeah. of that. So I'm excited for you guys to talk dreams together. I think it's such a great way to connect as a family. We have many a very intriguing conversation that most uh, I've I found through the years, most couples may not have a yeah. conversation about, I've had many people say, oh God, to be a fly in the wall in your house, because <laughs> yeah, we, I never thought we'd ever talk about fairies. Let, let's put it that way. <laughs> and he actually believes in the little people, not leprechauns, little people. He is Métis, um, my partner, Del. So half First Nations and actually Ukrainian is another nationality. Oh. And so he's really gotten into exploring and finding out more about it. So yeah, we talk that. about all kinds of strange things. I, I want to thank you guys all. Therapist, so What's I, that? 
same same Thank my husband's you. in psychotherapy so our conversation oh I bet. wow yeah yeah holy cow yeah <laughs> have to have uh flies on our walls and then they can switch walls <laughs> yeah, exactly. thanks so, so much Lorelei. thank you like i said i'd love to have you back on and uh, what month is that happening the con um the conference in it's in september so it's oh well maybe i'll have to come back on before just to push for the next one or whatever or come back after and share what you know obviously we're not going to give anybody's details away but share yeah. what happened and what was cool and, mm, yeah Definitely. sounds okay. good so right. if you ever want to get a hold of me you guys you can get a hold of me on facebook.com forward slash angel rock um you got a show idea guest suggestion i also do readings i do energy healing work i do some mediumship mentorship two groups on Facebook, Paranormal University. We talk about many of the spookier side of things, trying to understand and share and ask questions. And then the Angel Rocker Tribe is many for the things that we talked about tonight, the power of the mind and all kinds of things like that. So again, Lana, thank you. Thanks thank you so to everybody that's here. I send you all so much love and light. Thank you for your patience with this. Like I said, never in all the years of podcasting. It's got to be a always first. remember my episode. <laughs> Yes, they didn't want that. See, the internet did not want you to be sharing the magnificence of lucid dreaming. And I agree that it definitely is. <laughs> so take care, everybody. We'll see you Thursday. Same space, same time. Take care. Much love. Bye.